Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, which I moved out of when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for eight and a half years and we have two beautiful babies. Yes, we do. It's been a great eight and a half years. Yes, it has. <laughs> well, before we get into today's video, which is going to be reviewing and discussing colony called the Hudrites. Hmm. We just wanted to briefly mention how grateful we were to be a part of this Holding Out Help fundraiser event in Northern Utah. Yeah, last weekend was amazing. It was so great. Um, just so encouraging. Yeah, we were able to meet so many wonderful people. Uh, we wanted to shout out uh, Marsha that actually came. She uh, came and found us and said that it was because of your channel that I came to this event. Oh. So very good to meet you. Thank you for coming and saying hello to us. And for everyone else that came up and introduced themselves, it was so great. We got to meet so many amazing people at the event. Everybody coming together for one cause of helping people that are leaving polygamous communities. And it just felt like one yeah. big family. So again, thanks Marsha and Rita. It was so great to meet you guys. Yes, yes. And it was just an awesome event. It was just such a, a wonderful experience to be able to see how much support and love there is out there for people that are in need, especially those coming from polygamous backgrounds. So definitely was encouraging to us to want to continue on and try to help in any way we can. Yeah, and it just made the entire weekend our drive back. We just were talking so much about how grateful we were for all of you and for our channel. Like we could have never imagined what it was gonna be or what it's become up to this point with Sam sharing the stories of what it was like for him growing up into what it is now. And for people all over the world and all of you guys are just so amazing and so supportive and have so much love in your hearts for this community. And it just means so much to us. Yeah, it really, like, it's hard to express by words. We had no idea what we were getting into when we started this journey of uh, our YouTube channel and podcast and all of that. So it's just been so lovely, and thank you all so much for your support. And with that being said, we do want to shout out a couple people that have been a huge support to us since from the beginning. Yeah, we're not very um, good at asking for money or donations or anything because that's not really what it's about for us. Mm -hmm. um, but there have been people who have supported us monetarily so much and we are so grateful for you guys because um, those type of donations make it so that we can carve out more time in our busy daily lives to be able to make this content and reach those people who need it. And we're just super grateful for that support as well. And so we just want to make sure that we are letting you know how much we are grateful for you and trying to be more vocal about that as well. So huge shout out to our members, okay, on YouTube that every single month are making donations to us. And that is Ba, Lorraine, Faith, Laura, Michelle, Taylor, and Tanya, who has now been a member for a whole year. I can't even believe that Thank we've been you, doing Tanya. memberships for Thank a year. Thank you all so much, yeah. Thank you guys. It's crazy. And for those of you who have gone onto our website and donated to us as well, Jennifer, Christy, Henny, Kate, Elise, Gail, and Kay, or Kai. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce your name, so I really do apologize Feel for that. Feel free to message us and correct us if need be. But thank <laughs> you so much. Really, your donations mean so much and um, really make it possible for us to focus on this as much as we have. And we hope to continue this cause in the future because we had no idea what kind of impact it would have on so many people when we started. Yes. And it's just been amazing. And thank you all so much once again. And thank you to all of our subscribers. A lot of you have been here from the beginning. It's been a great journey. And thank you all so much. Yeah. So now getting into the Hutterites. Yes. <laughs> um, we had so many people message us after we did the um, reviews on Gloria Vale. 
And they were like, this reminds me of the Hutterites. This reminds me of the Hutterites. And Sam and I looked at each other and we're like, who are the Hutterites? Yeah. <laughs> we had no idea who they were. So thanks for the content idea. Mm -hmm. uh, we, fe we felt that it was necessary to look into this community after how many people messaged us about this community saying, oh, it's so similar. So we spent a couple days just uh, deep diving and trying to get some information on this group. And wow, very interesting group. Very, very interesting. So uh, we're excited to kind of compare and discuss a little bit. Yeah, the main um, documentary that we were watching was on Amazon Prime, and it was done in like, what, 2012, 2014-ish? Yes. Somewhere in there. Um, and we have gotten a couple episodes in, and it follows one particular family. Now, they definitely already seem like rebels of the group. Mm -hmm. um, it's from National Geographic, so I was expecting more of like, factual, this is what we believe type things, kind of how Gloria Vale was, where it was very much a testament of like, this is what we believe and this is how we live. This wasn't quite like that, honestly. Um, it was more following this family around that already had some rebellious traits mm -hmm. and kind of watching their story unfold. Um, but it did give like quite a bit of insight into just the normal everyday life stuff. Right, not so much the doctrine and that, but more everyday life. Speaking of the rebellious family, this was one of the things that stood out to me right away was how much more I guess power I guess you could say the women had in this group it seems like that they actually were allowed to speak up and kind of be in charge almost in in some instances anyway yeah a couple of things that the women being in charge like they were mouthy to the to the guys about like what they needed what they wanted like this isn't what I asked for da 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 da, da. and I was like taken aback, you know, after watching Gloria Vale and obviously we know how the FLDS were treated to see women be mouthy was <laughs> cracking me up. A little different for sure. <laughs> Definitely different in that sense. Um, but it was, I mean, they were very interesting, uh, very small. They call them their communities. Colonies. They call them colonies mm -hmm. uh, in this one that they were, that they were following. Well, there were 70 members, I believe. Yeah, I think 60, 70, 60, 70 members, yeah. and uh, they, I guess there's several of these colonies, but this particular one was fairly small in, you know, after seeing some of the bigger ones like the FLDS. Yeah, they describe themselves as just a big family that loves God and lives off the land. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And that was definitely the vibe. It really did seem like, I mean, almost everybody in the colony were like cousins and they were talking about like dating and stuff. And they said oftentimes they would have to date like from people in the other colonies because everybody in their colony was related to them, um, which is kind of funny. But in addition to this, because I felt like this documentary was more just like following this family, I wanted to find a little more doctrinal stuff and did find someone named Giselle. Um, and I will leave a link to her YouTube. She does a vlogs straight from the community and she answers all sorts of questions. So I was just listening to a lot of her Q and A's and stuff, which I got a ton more insight. So as we talk about the stuff from the documentary, I'll throw on some of the, the answers to questions that she did as well. Yeah. And the fact that she's able to be doing this vlog while living in the community is another difference between communities. You know, just, it seems like they are very secluded. They have a different way of dressing. Mm -hmm. So they do have that, 
they have a lot of similarities that, that, that these secluded groups uh, have that are based on Christianity, at least. A lot of similarities in that way, but also a lot more access to the outside world. Mm -hmm. Even though they would say, they, they call their leaders either preacher, preachers or elders, and those are the ones that make the decisions. But even though they would say a lot of times, oh, the elders would not be happy, they didn't really do much about it if they walked into a room and saw their uh, children on a computer using the internet. Even though that wasn't okay, it seems like they didn't do much to put an end to it. Yeah, I was watching a YouTube video later where they were talking about a lot of times people think they're like the Amish, and they were like, we are nothing like the Amish because we embrace technology. So they are known for that. They're not trying to shun technology in any way. Um, obviously, their elders were saying, like, uh, don't be on the Internet, try not to be on Facebook. But those things definitely seemed more like recommendations, not things that were, like, going to get you kicked out. Um, it had to be really, it seemed like it had to be big deal type things um, to get what they called shunned. Mm. So there was, was a very, shunning. A shunning. And in this documentary, the mom, um, normally in the community, the kids have to stop going to school at 15 years old. Um, no high school. No high school. So they all go to school until high school, and then in high school they drop out so that they can um, go and work. And when they get a job, they get it for life, which was interesting. Crazy to and me. obviously within the community, they all work within the community to just help support each other. I don't believe anyone gets paid for their work. The, no, nope. it all just goes into a community pot, just like Gloria Vale. Yeah, and so that's similar, but. Uh, yeah. The, oh, and the school I was going to mention, the school is uh, held there in the in the colony. So they don't they don't do any schooling outside, or at least they're not supposed to do any schooling outside of the community. And that's what got this mom in trouble is that her kids were going to high school, and they said some of the other kids in the colony had gone to high school and graduated. It wasn't a big deal, but they said the elders didn't like it because when kids would go to high school, they were more likely to leave the community because obviously they're seeing what regular teenagers are experiencing, and um, and dating and things like that. So um, there's so much to cover. So I better yeah. like keep it a little bit more organized. But it was interesting to see that as they were doing these things against the rules, it took a lot for there to be real repercussions. Yeah, it did. Um, and so we'll segue right into what their shunning was like because uh, when they so we actually saw this in the video that the because this one mother was allowing her children to go to high school and to play in the sports that was they seemed to make the, the sport, the sport a bigger was deal. a bigger deal than just going to school mm -hmm. they did mention that the elders didn't like them going to school because then they would get an education and want to go and do a different type of job as opposed to just working there mm -hmm. for the colony so anyway uh, so because she was allowing her children to go to school she was shunned. Her and another lady there were both shunned for uh, for doing that. So shunning was very different in this in for the Hutterites than it was for like the FLDS, for example, or even the uh, Gloria Vale people, because shunning for the FLDS was that person was sent away to live by themselves. Family was taken. Yep, separated completely from their family. Uh, family torn apart, had to live away for who knows how long until the, until the leaders felt that they were repentant and they had to provide for themselves, they had to still pay money, tithing money to the church even though they weren't being supported by the church, church during that time. 
So very like uh, just basically breaking off. Uh, and, this, and these were the people that were still trying to repent and go back to the FLDS community. Uh, shunning for those that were forced away, th th those people just aren't allowed to come around or even be a part of anything at that point. But shunning within the colony, um, they were allowed to stay in their house. They were allowed to stay with their children. Um, it was all about social shunning. So they couldn't, um, they got their jobs taken away, which was a huge deal. They basically had to stay at home and think about what they had done and repent. And they couldn't eat meals with the rest of the community. They weren't to talk to anyone from the rest of the community. Um, they weren't allowed to go to church with the rest of the community. So it was basically just taking their community away from them, but they weren't like physically removed from yeah. um, the community as a whole. And then the repentance process was really interesting because you often hear, like Sam mentions in the FLDS, where people will go out and they will be repenting for sins. Most of the time, they don't even know what it is in the FLDS for years and years and years and years and years, and they never know if they're ever going to even be allowed to come back. Even though they're trying, even they're though doing they're everything trying. they can, yeah. So these women, when they felt like they had been repentant and they wanted to be brought back in, they did have to go through, they had to talk to the elders, I think I even wrote down, it was quite a few people, but they had to um, go to specific people, ask for forgiveness from them, and then they had to go and knock on the doors of all of their neighbors in the colony and ask for all of the neighbors' forgiveness as well. And then at church, they would all forgive the women together, and then they were allowed back into the fold. Yeah, and something that kind of sets them apart as well when it comes to the shunning is normally, for the Hutterites, it was something they are currently doing. So they're currently doing something, so that's why they are shunned. And it's basically up to that person. If they want to give up what they're doing that they're not supposed to be doing, they can put an end to it. In this case, she pulled her boys out of school. Once she stopped letting them go to school, then she could decide, okay, now I'm ready to, I've, I've put an end to that. Now I can repent. And she goes around and gets the forgiveness and she's good to go. Whereas the FLDS, it, it doesn't matter if you stop doing what you're doing. You you can't come back until you're told you can come back. So it's, yeah. not, it's not up to the person that's repenting. Or if you do something wrong once, <laughs> then they, they can use that as enough leverage to be able to kick you out forever if that's or what they choose. Or don't do anything wrong and you still might get kicked out with, within the FLDS. Yeah. That, that's just a whole mess. But The girl that I was also listening to on YouTube, um, Giselle, she also said that she had come back to the community two different times. So a lot of times people will, you know, kids will leave or teenagers will leave. They want to experience more and then they do decide to come back. And so obviously it seems like they're much more forgiving in the community. And like if you want to be a member and you want to come back and you want to do better and be a part, then it seems much more, you're much more able to yeah. than um, in some of these other ones like Gloria Vale. From all the... From everything we saw, it didn't seem like anybody was going to be going back to Gloriaville. Even if they had wanted to, it didn't sound like they could. FLDS, really, really hard to go back for the most part. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. So that was a lot different. Yeah. And, oh, sorry. Along with families, too, um, you know, didn't get split up for shunning. She still lived with her kids. Also, no men were, like, put in charge of families. Like, women were allowed to be the head of a household. So while they still were supposed to follow the rules of the elders in general, like she was still in charge of her children and her husband, she was a widow, her husband had passed away and she was in charge. Yeah. And the kids, you know, she was trying to raise the kids herself. Um, and the FLDS, obviously, they, Sam's fourth mom 
was a widow and she was older and she still was became a fourth wife so that she had a family and a um, priesthood holder to preside over her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Is it in the FLDS? It seemed that they wanted all the women put in a home where there was a priesthood holder or a man that could direct and, and be in charge. So that was very unique. It seems like in general the women in the in the in Hutterite colonies had a lot more power and a less entering to man type of lifestyle. It was interesting to not hear the word submit. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, they said you need to be obedient. They were telling their kids like you need to be obedient to the elders. You need to listen to what they say. Um, yeah. But all of the youth, they were like, oh, well, we know they know what's best for us. I don't know. It seemed much more like regular life rebellion, mm. you know, where like, oh, parents make a rule and the kid wants to break it, but they know it's what's best for them in the long run. I don't know. Just much more like regular consequences to your actions. Yeah. Um, other than the shunning part. Obviously, that's not typical in, in like regular life, but... Um, definitely not as harsh as some of these other groups, which is super good. Right. And I don't know if we mentioned this, uh, but to our knowledge, they do not practice polygamy. It's a... Oh, no. They definitely don't. It's not, it's not a polygamous group at all. It's just a secluded, living their own way type of community that started in Europe, in... Uh, Germany. Germany. Started in Germany. Yep. And it's very interesting, the dating process, because on the show we were watching, it was like they were showing some of the boys were going on dates with girls. Anybody who's not in the community, they called English. How about that? Which I was like, I've never heard that. So in Sam's um, group, it was anybody that was on the outside were considered Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Or apostates. Or apostates if they left the church. What a glory avail. What they call their outsiders. Oh man, we just watched this and just did a video on this and I'm already <laughs> forgetting. Uh, I think they just call just them, call them out outsiders. Outsiders, I believe. I believe so. I don't know if they had a special name. Maybe they did. Leave in the comments if you remember if there's a special name for them. But we thought it was funny. They're like, oh, you're going on a date with the English girls. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of funny, especially here in America. Like, I get that that would make sense in Europe, but here it's kind of comical. Yeah, yeah. Since, I mean, at first you think, okay, those that speak English, but they living here English. in America, most everyone speaks English. So it just it was kind of an interesting thing. Or English, thing. like from England, right? But, yeah, yeah. So, but they are allowed to choose who they date. I am this the same girl that has a YouTube channel. Did a whole like Q and A on marriage that I found really really interesting, and she was talking about the fact. Um, you should have seen her face like when someone asked the question if it was arranged marriages, and she was like, um, "That's like the biggest decision in your life. That's your decision." And I was like, "Oh, you don't even realize how many groups that's a thing." But, how many groups are assigned, and not not only groups, but just uh, different cultures mm -hmm. right different cultures will have the arranged marriages so yeah it's a pretty common thing but you know if you don't if you're not raised with it or around it i can see why she'd be like wait what I, no one would do that right yeah so she was saying you know they date like normal um obviously no premarital sex but like beyond that she's like no you just um are hoping to find somebody within the colonies colonies because obviously these small groups in certain colonies are mostly like if they're mostly related or cousins then they're going to date outside and um, try to find somebody in a different colony which I feel like it's very typical to try to find somebody um, especially in a more um, extreme religion you're going to find people are not extreme what's the word like in a more strict strict maybe that's a better word mm -hmm. in a more strict religion 
you are very much encouraged to find people that are within that religion that understand exactly all of your fundamental values and core beliefs, right? So yeah. in the LDS, that's the same. Like you oh, yeah. want to find somebody that you can marry in the temple. And so, um, so I related with that. She was like, you want to find somebody who's from another colony that's a Hutterite. And she said, or if you date somebody outside of the community, they like need to join the community or else you would have to leave the community if you marry somebody who's not. Right. It d doesn't seem like they were welcoming of anyone outside of the community, even if they were to marry someone of the community to move back in, right? Well, they would have to accept becoming a, or, they would have to become be, a Hutterite. Speaking of accepting and becoming a Hutterite, uh, what did you find on baptism? They said, oh. Baptism, they said 20 years old or something? It was a lot older than yep. some of the other religions. They said parents are responsible until kids are baptized in their 20s. Yeah, so in their 20s. So, I mean, at least they're of an age where they are being able to make it. Yeah, they're adults, <laughs> so it's a very personal, and they're able to make a, I guess, educated decision at that point. So, but I've, that's the first time I've heard of a baptism being done in your 20s. Yeah, so late in life. I mean, comparatively to the other religions, LDS is at eight. And, and, that's, and that is why they were so nervous about anyone going to high school, is because if they went to high school and they decided they wanted to live a different life, then they could potentially leave the community before ever being baptized. So yeah. never really become a, a member of it. Yeah, it, that was definitely interesting. Um, they also talked a lot about um, traditions. Oh, yes. They didn't say as much about doctrine, which was really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, they kept talking about the Hutterite traditions, the Hutterite traditions, and it felt like so many other things were more traditional rather than doctrinal from directly from God that you had to listen to. And maybe that's why it felt like things were a little bit more lax in rules because these kids were breaking traditions, not breaking like the word of God. Right, which is a big difference, of course. Huge. No, but they did often, not often, but they did mention a few times that uh, we do this because this is what God wants, but way more often they said we do this because that's what the elders want or the preachers want. So, you know, that kind of goes back to the way I was raised, it, not, not in my home specifically, but as a community it seemed like we do what the prophet wants. We worship, not worship, or at least... <laughs> They, were, they told us we didn't worship the prophet, but it's almost felt that way sometimes, where it was all about what the prophet wanted, what he says goes, because we were told that he was the one talking with God and then would convey the message to us. So, And, and I want to I look more into the role of the elders. If anyone has any, I was trying to find YouTube videos on it, but if you have any references to where we can find out more about the elders' role, because it didn't sound like there was a prophet in the sense of, with prophets, you believe that they are the mouthpiece for God on this earth to um, be in charge of their church and the people. And it never came across that way in the same way. It sounded like they made rules that everyone understood was for the betterment of everyone and maybe interpreting the Bible a certain way and like God's laws. But it didn't sound like they had the power to just like pull something out of thin air and be like, God the, told me that you're supposed to stop doing this or that. It all seemed like more like biblical. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's it didn't seem like they were they were claiming to be the mouthpiece of God. It seemed and it seemed like that as elders based on what we saw that it was more of a unanimous decision between them that this is the way it should be because of 
this scripture or that. But at the same time, there were some complaints from within their colonies from some of the members saying, I don't know why they would have us do this. It's not like it talks about this in the Bible. So maybe maybe not one man making rules, but it seems like the, the leaders or the preachers did come up with certain ways that they thought were better. But just the fact that people were willing to say out loud, mm -hmm. well, I don't know why they have a problem with this. I don't have a problem with this, but the elders say differently. The fact that they were able to differentiate yeah. what they believed to be right versus what the elders were saying was right. Now, still having to follow the elders' rules if they wanted to be a member of the church, but being able to have that difference in their mind, um, there's a huge difference between the FLDS and even Gloria Vale, I think, in that. Being able to say, I don't agree with them, mm -hmm. but I'm going to follow it because I want to be a member of the church is completely different. Oh, yes. Yeah, it definitely, definitely seemed to be more freedom. Yeah, I'd say uh, it was more like the LDS in that case because yes. sometimes there would be things leaders of the church would say and people really do have the freedom to be able to say, I don't agree with what that leader says, um, but I still choose to be a member of the church because of other. X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. because of other reasons, right? So they have the freedom to be able to say, I don't agree with that, but I'm still going to be a member of the church. And no one's going to, for the most part, kick them out for it. Um, but that's not the same in a lot of the smaller. Right. And I, honestly, that's inter interesting you bring that up because I remember after leaving the FLDS and being introduced to the LDS church for the first time, how I just felt that there was all the freedom in the world. It's like, wow, I can, you know, I mean, I can decide what I want to do today. I can uh, go on a date with a girl if I want to. <laughs> you know, it seemed like there was all the freedom in the world compared to where I came from. And that's kind of the way I'm seeing this Hutterite colony is, okay, compared to the other groups that we have followed or looked into, they seem to have a lot more freedom. Well, and again, bringing it back to like the way I was raised LDS, like you know what, whether you want to come to elders or what the prophet says, like you know what the church leaders ask of you and what you're supposed to be doing, but you still kind of have the freedom to do whatever you want to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And then you would get disciplined and have to be told to repent, right? Yeah. And then sometimes that would even come with like, not social shunning, but like um, social shame. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like in that situation, it was a lot more similar to the LDS than it was to the FLDS because that whole process looked a lot more similar to me. Yes. But one of the very unique things to the Hutterites and also other smaller communities is they provided for themselves. They were self-sufficient. They lived off the land. They grew their own food and animals and all of that. So you know, a lot of work within the colony and not so much depending on the outside world. Yeah, and they're mostly uh, farmers and ranchers. I thought it was cute to see the, um, like, not rivalry, but they were very... Competition. Yeah, the competition between the the men who were the ranchers and the men who were the farmers, and they were giving each other a hard time. Um, they definitely seemed like fun-loving people overall. Like, mm -hmm. they had um, Harvest they're Festival and loved i don't know they always seem to just be kind of playful something that seems to be a common thing throughout all of these smaller communities is there's always one time a year where there's a big uh, festival or a big party a big something and, and that, you know even the way i grew up that's the way it was until warren put an end to all fun things in life 
But before that, there was always that one time a year where we had a huge uh, harvest festival and a big uh, community gathering and great times together. So it's interesting that the Gloria Bell, same thing, you know, now the Hutterites and uh, other ones, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember other groups that we have talked about, but uh, it seems to be pretty common. Yeah, well, I think whenever you have a group that is working so hard around the clock all the time, there's got to be something to look forward to, right? There's yes. got to be something that is exciting and that gets everyone together. And um, some things that are a little bit different than some of the other smaller communities, they drank um, at the parties. True. And they, they would cuss and drink. Cuss and drink. Um much more, I guess, typical like farmer vibes as mm -hmm. far as like enjoying their beer and yeah, I don't know. It was just, they seem like kind of regular farmers. Yeah, and honestly, uh, some of you may not know this, but in the FLDS, within some families, it was okay to drink. And uh, a lot of people within the FLDS worked in construction. Better believe there was some cussing going on there. <laughs> uh, that cussing is necessary in order to build a strong house, so I hear. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, so it just depends. Uh, drinking in the, some of the, not in my family, in my family, our, my, uh, my father told me that, uh, or us, that we were not allowed to drink. Uh, and cussing was not allowed in, in the house, of course. But uh, get out on a job site and things change. But um, anyway, so interesting that some groups are okay with it. I don't believe that the Gloria Bell was... I didn't hear them cussing or so. drinking. No, okay, so yeah, not that I remember. So there's a there's a big difference right there. Yeah. So, um, I also did see from another video that they celebrate Christmas, and I don't know if they celebrate all holidays, if it was just Christmas, but that was another thing that set them apart. Um, they even said, you know, gifts. They had gifts, and they would open gifts on Christmas Eve, mm. and then Christmas was um, to focus on Christ, if I remember, and. So yeah, there was a lot more normality. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It seems like it because Gloria Bell they didn't celebrate any holidays. I grew up not celebrating holidays except for the Independence Day here in uh, the United States, and then that was put to an end as well. But uh, Christmas, that was uh, the first time I was introduced to Christmas. I would have been 14, 14, 13 years old. It was uh, shortly after the uh, uh, bad accident that me and several of my brothers were in. We were in Las Vegas at a, at a hospital. I was released and I was put into a Ronald, Ronald McDonald house, which I, I love. I have a soft uh, spot in my heart for, for that organization because of the, we were just treated so well being able to stay there for a time. But while I was there recovering, uh, waiting for my brothers to be released as well, I, they had a Christmas tree, it was during Christmas time, they had a Christmas tree put up and they uh, would put some presents in, in there under the tree and we were allowed to take some. Well, we weren't because we didn't celebrate Christmas, but, uh, but another member of our family, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get them in trouble since that per person is still in the community, the FLDS community. <laughs> Uh, took some of these gifts home and and let us have some. Uh, some of the children in the house have some of these Christmas gifts. Aww. And it was the most exciting thing in the world. And that is the, kind of the moment when I realized I like Christmas. And it was after that that I would walk through big supermarkets and tell people Merry Christmas in front of my mother and, and uh, other siblings and get in big trouble for saying it. But <laughs> I just suddenly liked Christmas. Um, so anyway, 
that was kind of my first experience doing that. But we weren't supposed to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, and Sam's been obsessed with Christmas ever since. Ever since. One of the things I love most about him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's um, a lot. Of, I guess the last big similarity was the way they dressed. Um, although the women were allowed to wear like sleeves to their elbows, made it a little bit easier for work, I'd say. But um, you know, wearing skirts, headscarves. Although it was interesting that the headscarves were like all the way back to here. Mm. So you wonder if like it started up here and then slowly women were like trying to rebel a little bit and now their headscarves were like, I'm like, how did they stay on their head? I don't really know. <laughs> um, they didn't Lots say of what, bobby pins probably. Yeah, they didn't say what they were for, um, but just very similar dressing to a lot of the other smaller groups. Yeah. Um, they weren't yeah. supposed to, but we did see some of the women wearing makeup. Mm -hmm. So, uh, once again, it seems like there was a lot more liberty to choose whether or not you wanted to follow certain rules. Yeah, and then it would take a little bit more for um, anybody to come down on you for it. Um, especially because they said the, the elders had to come from Canada, mm -hmm. even to do the shunning of the women in the show. So, um, I think it's, you know, it's one set of elders that are over all of the colonies, is what it sounded like. And so when someone did get in trouble, they were like visited by the elders, made it a huge deal. Um, and they also said too that some colonies were known for being stricter too. Right. They were uh, like, oh, uh, that colony is way more strict than we are. So it was funny to see that like there were still differences even between the colonies. And it seemed like if you left, if you chose to leave a colony as a member, if you chose to leave a colony that was a more, a more strict colony, it somehow made you a worse person. Yeah. Like, like he... He not only left, but he left this colony that's more strict, so he cannot be a good person. That you know, that's kind of the vibe they gave off. So yeah. interesting how they just assume that. But anyway, it's a very interesting uh, group, very interesting accents, very interesting way of addressing uh, and all of that. But uh, once again, a lot of similarities to other small secluded uh, groups. But also, this one had a lot of unique things about it. I would say. Yeah, definitely. But if you can think of more groups you want us to react to, then please comment, let us know. Um, this is super fun for us, especially since we've focused so much on polygamy, but it's it's super fun to compare and contrast to other groups as well. So um, feel free to comment other communities or groups of people that you want us to do videos on. Yes, yes. Thank you all so much for the recommendations and for all of your support. Yep. Thank you guys. We'll talk to y'all soon. We'll talk to you soon.